and welcome to Hallelujah Monkeys for September 25th. My name is Dylan Flynn. My name is Trevor Ickrath. Dylan, uh, for the second, third time or something in the show, we are recording, I am recording under conditions. Oh yeah, that's this is a, this is the whole thing. So Hallelujah Monkeys Southwest, or are we, th- there needs to be a better name for Hallelujah Monkeys LA, studios. I think. Hallelujah Monkeys LA and Hallelujah Monkeys Portland, right? You're in Portland now? Well, no, no, I'm in Eugene right now and it's going to be, so we're just going to call it Hallelujah Monkeys Northwest and Hallelujah Monkeys LA, that works. Sure, okay. So yeah, um, I recently moved into, new, into a new place, uh, still kind of figuring out the kinks, but we haven't had internet for like four days now. So I am currently... That's like a basic human right. Right? I, it, seriously. I like. But anyway, I'm over at a friend's house right now. Um, not sure how the acoustics are going to be. Not sure how noise is going to travel through the walls. So maybe you'll hear somebody yelling about something. I don't know. Or somebody will hear you yelling about something. Or hear me yelling about gorillas, as I'm wont to do. Maybe this is the episode where you and me are going to like get into it. You know? Maybe, yeah. I feel like we probably have very controversial opinions about demon days live i mean if there's anything in the gorillas canada have controversial opinions about it's got to be like a universally loved live performance right for sure yeah this will be the t- the tumultuous uh nadir of the of the of the podcast for sure absolutely well hey i appreciate the the caveats i'm sorry that you don't have the internet uh let me try to catch you up on what's been going on my sure. understanding is that some athletes have been getting on their knees and the president's not happy about it <laughs> That's what I know. That's all I know. Unfortunately, well, you, you've been you've been dealing with conditions too. I think we should tell because your your car broke down before this recording. Oh no, my uh, my wife's car did. I had to like bail her out. Right, uh, which is you know that's what you got to do. It's never even a consideration. You know how when when a friend you do something like that for a friend and you're like the hero friend you know yeah yeah that's always nice when it's a spouse it's just like there's no thank you there's there's wow you really you really say this no this is your job you go pick this person up but you do get points in the passive aggressive relationship of who does more for whom right which i assume all marriages eventually just kind of melt into (laughs) yeah eventually it just becomes a ledger and an ongoing argument but since that happened (laughs) uh you didn't have time to do what you usually do for the show and uh put together the notes for the news so that was kind of tasked upon me this time so why don't we get into the news because i'm going to be leading it all right i'm ready take me for a ride so dylan uh you've you, you, you been uh you've been paying attention to the grills news you, you've been you have your fingers on the pulse there you, you know what's going on i'm gonna be honest i this has been a crazy hectic week i've been helping my friends with their new baby so that i can practice for when i have a new baby I've been dealing with with landladies and and birthing classes and all kinds of things, and I was just sort of tangentially aware that gigs were happening and songs were being played, but I wasn't really hyper-focused in. Well, you've been busy. Girls have been uh, keeping busy, too, uh, with uh, specifically live shows. They've been really popping off lately. Should we talk about uh, some of the more recent additions? That I've been yeah, getting tell me set. what's been going on with the, with the North American tour part two. Right, let's let's talk about it because like uh, they've been they've been throwing some cool shit out there. You know, this is I, I know this is kind of like the first live episode we're doing, so I think it works that the news is very live oriented. Yeah, it's very it's very serendipitous. We've been we've been getting some stuff in the set list. Like, um, for example, September eighteenth, the other night they were playing Detroit. They threw out a super fast jellyfish for the first time oh. since 2010. Pretty cool, right? Awesome. You know, you got De La Soul there in the room. You should pl- you should be playing all three De La Soul songs every night at my Definitely. Opinion. Oh yeah, totally. Do we know if um Damon sang the chorus or if they played uh 
the uh, super furry animal one, or what happened there? I don't personally know. I would assume that that Damon just did it live because he could, right? He could. I mean, it sounds like him on the album for all intents and purposes. But during the 2010 shows, they'd play the uh, pre-recording. Oh yeah. That, yeah. Why though? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So super fast jellyfish is cool. Even cooler. Like two nights later, Minnesota. You'll never guess what Demon Days deep cut they pulled out. Tell me what. What did we get? Every planet. Oh my. We reach is. Dead. Dead? Am I supposed dead. to say it? Oh, sorry. Dead. <laughs> dead. Every planet we reach is dead for the first time since the shows we're going to be talking about today. Honestly, this was like the most important thing that needed to happen for me to feel good about this tour. Incredible. 12 years it's been. I want to remind you, Trevor, this is your number six favorite gorilla song, my number four, and the average Hallelujah Monkeys listener number five. So the fact that this song has been in live jail since 2006 was a, was a big, big deal, and it means a lot that that's been corrected. I can't believe you remembered that this is my sixth favorite gorilla song. I didn't remember that. <laughs> I just remembered it because it was easy. You put it as number six. The audience put it as number five. I put it as number four. So you there know, you go. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, so it's like a perfect middle of top 10 pick, you know? Definitely feels like a big deal to get this one again. Not quite as big a deal, but still very cool. Uh, September 22nd in Missouri, I believe it was. They brought back O Green World for the first time since 2010. Did not see that coming at all. Right? Would not have predicted that How at cool, all. How cool, though. I would Definitely be totally down to see O Green World. Oh, yeah, for sure. I can't remember that they played this in 2010. That was a surprise to me because they didn't play it at the show I went to, I don't think. They didn't play it at yours. I think they did play it at a couple of gigs. Yeah. Like, I, I want to say, I don't remember. South by Southwest, maybe? I don't remember. Something. Maybe it was like a later addition to the set or something. Who knows? Yeah. You know, they were they were a little bit adventurous on that tour. Nothing like this time. This has been really cool. This makes me very excited, Trevor, about what we may or may not be in store for in, in, in uh, LA. Yeah, we still have, what, two weeks to go to see what they pull out? Two weeks to go. That'll be cool. So, uh, very exciting. They've been playing some cool new stuff. They've also been sound checking some very interesting thing. Uh, oh, yeah. If you've been, um, if you've been paying attention to the Gorilla's Instagram story, which is a thing that I don't really know how it works. I kind of understand it, right? So the idea is this isn't like an actual Instagram post, but like if you're on the app and you click their, their icon, you'll see like a little slideshow or of, pictures and videos that aren't officially posted right. but they're there is that how that works i think so it's instagram trying to like scoop snapchat right yeah that's the that's the idea so a couple a couple days ago and this is on youtube now so you can go find it um gorilla sound checked a kind of alternate version of submission it had damon doing some vocals it had some kind of a sparser piano arrangement and i've seen a yeah, couple very people calling yeah i've seen a couple people speculating that this might be the as of yet unreleased grilling with his face because it's the b-side of submission on the super deluxe right yeah i guess that's possible but i hope that it isn't i hope i ideally i'd like to see a release of this early version of submission and whatever grilling with his face is be like a crazy totally unrelated b-side i can't imagine just a chiller more melancholy version of submission being called grilling with his face but who knows who knows who knows, who knows? was danny there I, could danny rap over this version because again it's very somber it's yeah. very like you know it's it's quite it's a bit of a, a requiem the way that it's being played this way uh, there's not much of it but the little bit that we heard it damon does sound very lovely the piano is very lovely mm -hmm. it's, it's a totally different approach so that's the that's the live news for this week uh only other thing think, i was really who do you think shooting these official from the crowd instagram posts do you think it's denholm they're roadie? No. In fact, I know that it's not because of some listener tips. I don't know exactly 
what all I can get into here or what's privileged information. But some of some of our listeners, including like Izindal and a, and a couple of other people active in the in the Hallelujah Monkeys fan community, have reached out to us that Denholm uh, revealed in some Instagram like conversations that he is barred from entering the U.S. What happened there, Denholm? What'd you do? I don't know. Maybe he had like a possession crime. All I'm saying is. Hashtag justice for Denholm. Something like that. Free Denholm. Let's get this boy into the States. Let that boy cross the borders. What's the worst that could happen? He's a videographer, for God's sake. Come on. Yeah. What are they going to do without their roadie? The question is, are they they patching in somebody to to film the North America shows? Or how's that going to work for the documentary? I don't know. I don't know. Only Gorillas knows. Anyways, the only other thing cool that happened this week was uh, Saturn's Bars is nominated for... Best interactive video at the UK MVAs, which I probably should have looked this up, but I'm assuming it's the music video awards. They're up against the likes of uh, Bjork, Portugal, The Man. Sorry for the pause, but there's <laughs> a put period. The there's there. a fucking period in their name. Uh, and it's not even exciting, like how Godspeed You Black Emperor has an exclamation point has in the name. Yeah. yeah, just like put a period in the middle yeah. of your band name and and everybody's uh favorite electronic duo the chain smokers oh yeah the the nickelback of edm is there sometimes referred to those fun loving boys Uh, you'd have to imagine that gorillas will take this one home right i hope give it to their give it to their uk boys i understand bjork's new video is pretty cool looking but i mean that saturn's bars video is i believe the the you know most views in the first week of any any vr video on on youtube or whatever like that seems like a pretty obvious. Plus, it had Murdoch's dick in it. Plus, Murdoch's dick. Do you think that that's the version that was officially submitted for for your consideration? I sure hope so. How good do you think uh, the kind of like passive aggressive blurb would be in Rise of the Ogre Two if uh, Chainsmokers took home this award? <laughs> really good. I hope yeah. that Cash Brown would come out of Gorilla's retirement just to just talk for to that about paragraph. the Chainsmokers. Yeah. That'd be really good. <laughs> this was an interesting news week. It, this has me really pumped up for for the the show at the forum. I can't wait. I cannot wait for our live episodes. Two weeks. It's going to be great. And we've got some uh, live stuff to talk about in the meantime. So do you want to sit down at the round table? Let's get to that round table. All right. Let's take in a night at the opera. Dylan, here we are, here in Manchester, here to see our here to see our favorite band back in 2005. Yes, uh, well, recorded in 2005, anyhow. <laughs> if we were there, we could have seen it in 2005. <laughs> Released in 2006, today we're reviewing uh, the band's uh, DVD release of Demon Days Live in Manchester at the Manchester Opera yes. House. Yes, yes, very exciting. Very so cool. exciting. Very cool. I mean, I think I think anybody who was kind of you know, around for this part of the fandom and probably a lot of the new fans really warmly look at this release as like one of the one of the great peripheral releases in the Gorillas catalog, you know. It's almost essential, I think. It's just so good. It's such a good portrait of them as a live band. I really enjoyed seeing this. And I really enjoyed going uh, to see one of these shows back in two thousand six when I saw them at the Apollo in Harlem. You had you had a very similar presentation, obviously, uh, uh that you would have seen here. The the lighting and the the visual and the the sort of set list and everything, all of that would have translated pretty directly from Manchester to to Apollo. You know, it's interesting, Trevor. I've I've lived with these versions of the song of these songs quite a bit, but lately, mostly I've only been listening to them on Spotify. It's it's interesting. There's no actual like commercial audio release of this performance except for 
as a Spotify thing. Yeah, like you can't go out and buy a CD or anything. And it, I don't think it's even on Apple Music, is it? I don't think so. I think it's just on Spotify. Weirdly. Interesting. Yeah, weird. It's easy to forget that this isn't like a, a traditional live relief. It's it's only a DVD, really. Why do you think they never? Uh, why do you think they never went that route with it? Because I mean, Girls is all about kind of. Some sometimes it seems like this band is all about releasing whatever they can just to make a buck. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. I certainly in the waning days of EMI, like you want to squeeze whatever yeah. nickels you had left out of that band. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> if there's a, if the singles compilation exists, why doesn't this exist in some kind of? But it's worth uh, it's worth mentioning that this 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 live uh, documentary Trevor was directed by uh, Grant G who you may know for his 1998 Radiohead documentary, Meeting People is Easy. So That's a very interesting documentary. It is, and and, and well-directed. And this, I think, is really well-directed, too. It's, 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 uh, at sometimes, it feels utilitarian, maybe, in its approach, but, but there are some inventive kind of shot collages here and there that, that, you know, feel pretty, pretty artistic. Totally. Yeah. It's not, it's not quite stop making sense, but it's definitely one of the more interesting concert uh, films that I've ever seen, I think. And part of that is just because the actual presentation of the material is so interesting. Oh yeah. I mean the setup and just, uh, yeah, like you said, the presentation here seriously blows me away every time I look at it. It is so cool. It is visually captivating. You have to imagine maybe there's one or two people listening who don't quite understand how this material was presented back in, in 2005. So the idea was, I guess the, the silhouettes behind the screens uh, had kind of left everybody with a with a bad taste because the performers couldn't see the audience and, and the audience couldn't really see the performers, but they didn't want to just like come right out you know, on the full stage lights, the way that they would later do in phase three and phase four. So the kind of, the half measure that they came up with was let's have the live band and Damon way towards the back and they'll be silhouetted, silhouetted by these big plate lights that kind of fade between different colors. And then the collaborators will come out in front and they'll be in the stage lights and they can hype up the crowd. And actually I think this is my favorite way to present the live band absolutely far and away i cannot like tell you how much i prefer this to what the girls live band would eventually become like okay it's fun to see them as a giant like band up there on stage damon doing his thing but this is so cool and it feels so right for gorillas it is for me the perfect like presentation of this manufactured kind of like art before ego approach yeah i agree if anything just bring damon out and the rest of the guys out for the encore like they do here it works perfectly that's all you need and just i don't know like even all the kind of like implications of this setup aside it just looks fucking sick like the silhouettes look so cool the colors they went with with for the panels are really really cool um do you know what i immediately thought of when i saw this setup like watching the video Hmm. the Humans album artwork. Oh yeah, that's a really good point. With the very where, where, the neon colored uh, squares behind them, like this would have been yeah yeah yeah. This would have been so appropriate for the human shows. And I mean, can you imagine how cool it would have been for them to bring this presentation back after stepping into like the spotlight during the Phase Three shows? I think that would have been really cool. It would have been a gutsy move. And I like that each song kind of has its own color palette. That kind of like gives you a little bit of a window into how Jamie must visualize all of these songs in his head. Yeah, you know? I love that. Like, I mean, it's somebody songs who's... are green and some are gold and et cetera, et cetera. I've always been like um, fascinated by the concept of like uh, synesthesia, which is where like you Definitely. associate like music with different colors. I've always felt really strongly about that, even though like whenever I kind of form those associations, usually something like the like color of the album artwork has something to do with it. So I think it's probably like a little fake, but 
no, the colors they go with here are like always perfect. They always really add always perfect. some great effects to the mood. Just yeah, everything about here feels masterfully done. It's a, it's a really really beautiful presentation and a really lovely document of the of this kind of very singular experience. I know people are still a little salty, a little sour about the fact that Demon Days didn't get a proper tour. Um, but hey, Humans Tour is happening now, and they're practically playing all of Demon Days. Pretty much. I don't know what night you go. So, Pretty much, yeah. You know, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're fine. Yeah. Don't worry about it. But really, it's just such a it's such an impressive effort. I mean, I went back and I read a couple of reviews of these shows back from 2005, like uh, like The Guardian, The Observer, and all of them were just like, this must have been really hard. The one thing about it is that if you focus it all on, on this one residency, then you can pay the big bucks, get everybody out, with one exception, get everybody out to, to perform on stage, and then and then you know do a do a definitive uh treatment to this material i i do respect the the artistry of it for yeah, sure absolutely but uh we should we should probably stop talking about all this lead up stuff because i uh i think i think the show's about to start yeah let's uh real quick let me jump in there as i am want to do i came up with a couple of metrics to to review some of the basic things that'll crop up throughout the show Trevor. interesting um, interesting i have a binary system for the visuals uh for each live visual i will ask the question did jamie hewlett have a vision or did jamie hewlett have a deadline <laughs> I mean, that's that's the question when it comes to, like, most of the non-musical content that this band has put out, right? Definitely. So, individually, we'll look at the visuals for each of these songs, and we'll ask that question, and we'll decide, are we seeing what was in Jamie Hewlett's head when he hears this song, or... Did he have no money and no time and have to put something together? Sure. All right. And what else? And then uh, the other thing is whenever collaborators crop crop up, I wanted a way to kind of quickly review them too. So I came up with a three-point system. So every collaborator can be assigned one point for their wardrobe, one for their musicianship, and one for the hype that they brought to their performance for a maximum of three points. Sure. And... It's important for me to note, Trevor, these points are earned. They are not deducted. So you don't start with three and then lose them for faux pas. You earn the points with your performance and with your style. I think that's only fair. Yeah, totally. Excellent. So let's move right into starting with the intro. Right. Yeah. Um, pretty much just played straight from the tape. Am I wrong there? Um, I can't tell if there's anything live happening there. I'm not, I'm not certain. It definitely sounds like the that the... The sample, the the George Romero sample, is is definitely from tape, though. Maybe there's like a live bassoon in the mix or something like that. Kind of an interesting visual, though. It's got that. It's like sort of violent B-roll, dystopian war B-roll from very like, appropriate. Uh, old... Do you, Do you know what it actually reminded me of? I'm not sure if you ever watched this, but there's a like two-hour kind of. I'm gonna put this in quotes. Documentary on YouTube. Oh my God! Atomic Cafe. No. No, I'm unfortunately. Oh, I'm talking about uh, Zeitgeist. Oh, I think it might be the same filmmaker. Maybe, could be, but yeah, that the at least one of the cuts opens with this really, really on the nose montage of like bombs being dropped and like starving children and like yeah, tons yeah, yeah. of warfare stuff like that. And this is immediately what like I got brought back to. I do like that one. It's almost a kind of silly shot of them dropping an old lady out of a window. Yeah, I know. What you're, I know the shot you're talking about. I wish I knew what any of these were from, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But go watch Zeitgeist and go watch Atomic Cafe, and you'll get more of this kind of stuff. Yeah, and you'll learn a lot about <laughs> 9/11 too. And I do think that this is definitely Jamie Hewlett having a vision. Like, not only does this uh, perfectly match what's going on in the intro, I feel like it's almost like a little, like a here's what you're in for. This is what Demon Days is all about. Absolutely, yeah. Very tone setting. <laughs> Very good. And, and then uh, we move into Last Living Souls. Right. 
First song on the album, first song in the performance. Cash Brown is a fucking I'm so good glad, drummer. I'm so fucking glad you led with him because every time he was on the screen, I just went, Cass! Yeah, even in silhouette, he's unmistakable, <laughs> so and he's great. such a good drummer. He's, so good. he's got that little glass wall around him, and yeah, he's, he really adds a lot to this performance. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back and start listening to Senseless Things, his, his big breakout, you know, I might have UK to as well, yeah. Band. Morgan Nichols, also the, also the bassist of Senseless Things, so that's two prominent members of the Gorillaz Life Band. We're gonna, uh, we're, we're for sure things. gonna have to review that project at some point. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the visual in Last Living Souls, Trevor, is a, it's, you got 3D models of the band's heads. I think from the 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 live version of uh, of Dirty Harry, uh, and they're rotating kind of in and out of silhouette, and it cuts between them uh, in time with the with the song crescendos. I think this is an example of, of Deadline, Jamie. But I mean, it doesn't suck. It doesn't look bad. They look kind of they kind of look ugly, but I mean. You know that's it's gorillas. That's on purpose. But he—that's true. But he—you know—he's—he—he he offsets that with the silhouette effects and whatnot. It—it it works. It just isn't necessarily inspired. No. You know? And the colors are really good here, though. Oh, the lighting is so good. So good. I love how. I love how the string players like start in silhouette and then uh, eventually they kind of turn all blue and red, and the band is kind of green, washed over with green. Also, Darren Galea, Space Monkey, doing some really, really great live turntabling. The, the live the scratching is so cool. I mean, like, if you could have asked me, like, what element I would add to the Demon Day show's live scratching, probably wouldn't make the list. No. But I'm sure glad it's here. Yeah, no kidding. Darren Galea, who... Is he Desire? Is that his handle? Um, yeah, um, he's Desire. There's Devversive and Desire, Desire and, and Gava. He's Desire, right. So Desire... Uh, very different approach again from Kid Koala, but I but I I think he does some really good textural work here. It's a lot more subtle, yeah. Textural is a good way to put it. I love that shot of him just very slowly spinning the record for a pretty cool effect. Very cool too, yeah. I like yeah. that too. I fucking love Damon's little air drumming at the end. <laughs> yeah, isn't that he great? does that a couple times, <laughs> and it's always like a joy. He's clearly having a blast here for sure. It's so fun that even even though he's like washing in black, you can always tell what Damon's up to. Like his his personality shines through anyway. Even know? when he's like just like scratching his beard and stuff like that it's just it's so good yeah <laughs> definitely definitely and then we get this little montage of all the different uh collaborators sort of pretending to shoot the camera like with you know finger guns right and uh, ike turner goes bang and it's very terrifying because ike turner is a scary man <laughs> yep <laughs> yeah we'll talk about ike turner later though we will talk about Ike Turner later. When he says bang, though, I was just like, ugh, fuck. Yeah, yeah. Not really, like, little, not not the most tasteful moment, but then they go into Kids with Guns. That's true, yeah. It was sort of to tee up this this atomic nightmare yeah. of a song. Yeah. Um, the visual is like, it's these kind of chaotically flashing images of these uh, silhouetted guns. It's all red, black, and white. And then every now and then you'll see, like, a wireframe diagram of this one gun sort of disassemble and reassemble itself. Yeah, that, that's pretty cool. All the parts. Yeah, I would say that this is definitely Jamie with a vision, even though kind of on the whole maybe it's not my favorite visual or anything this definitely feels like what what jamie must visualize while he's while he's listening to the song to me it really kind of adds to the like almost mechanical rhythm of this song too like it's very like mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. very it really moves like something being assembled definitely definitely and and i think that the the live version of this song is definitely good but it it doesn't explode in that second half the way that the album version does. I gotta, I gotta wonder how much of that is just being lost in translation from live performance to DVD. Though that was a question I came back to quite a bit when watching these performances. 
Yeah, I'm not sure because I, there's the Phase Four version of Kids with Guns that we got at the at the Demon Days Festival. The live band was like so pumping up in that second half that I almost feel like it translated better than it does here right um just for me but then let's talk about our first guest of the night nana cherry yes let's do it because i think she turns in a really great performance here i totally agree with you it's it's very winning she's sort of got her b-girl style going like updated for for 2005 era and uh let's see her wardrobe she's got this like very flowy thin red trimmed i think it might be like a kabaya or something like you know linen top with like green leaves on it uh she's wearing black jeans she's got black chuck taylors on she's got a chain hanging out of her pocket i'm gonna give her a point like it's very it's absolutely it's, it's definitely rooted in that early 2000s aesthetic but she's pulling it off real well she gets sure. to shake her butt a little which is fun yeah also good her musicianship it's it's hard to say like she doesn't necessarily have that much to work with it is still Nana Cherry's part in Kids with Guns. So well, she's she does basically get to do just... a little she does get to do a little bit of vamping uh during the outro like she does that um counting part one two three four five six seven break like hell make it sound like heaven and then eventually she like settles into that ad lib she's like baby baby you make me crazy yep. I, i'm not so sure about all that yeah. it's that, that's <laughs> I like, that scream she gets to do is really good though i did like that scream that screen almost earned her a point but i but i didn't quite give her a point there for musicianship unfortunately however on the hype level this is what she brought to the to the table for sure. You sure, know? definitely not phoned in. Yeah, she sort of all all but hits the b boy stance. She's like doing that that kind of the kind of stuff you might see her in her classic music video for Buffalo Stance. That kind of dancing, doing some doing some fun, getting the crowd going. Absolutely earned her pay that night. Uh, leaves the stage with a respectable two points in my system. Solid, yeah. I mean, I guess I would agree. It's not the best performance that a collaborator turns in here, but I think it's definitely a solid outing. Two out of three sounds fair, yeah. Damon does a great job on this one, too. He really kills that uh, turning us into monsters chorus. Yeah, definitely. You, you can tell when Damon is or isn't vibing uh, with his with his parts on this, and, and Kids with Guns, I think, is one that he really hits out of the park. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about O Green World. Sure. So this is... This this performance starts with that the first time we'll see that kind of TV monitor setup where you've got like nine different shots of everybody uh, silhouetted in black and blue. You know, it looks like you're on the switchboard of like directing a, a live news feed or something. Which is a cool directorial approach to take here, I think. I agree. It's very cool. It's, yeah. it's good for the downtimey moments in the Absolutely. In the set, you know? Yeah. And uh, I think we should also say that this performance starts with a great big shot of Murdoch's pimply ass. It does. <laughs> it actually, yes, definitely does. Uh, and then we and then the song proper starts and I got to tell you the intro section of O Green World is a bit of a mess. Here. Yeah, it feels like they kind of feel like they need to get through it. Yeah. Like they're not confident in how they're going to be able to do it so they just want to get it out of the way. Yeah, and on top of that, on top of that the the boop, boop, boop are totally off time from the rest of the song. Like yeah. those <laughs> It does feel a bit shambolic there. They lock in like pretty quickly after that, though, I think. I think the song does kind of turn into a really solid performance of it. I agree. I really love uh, the the backup singers doing the... the. I mean, on the album, it's just, I believe, Damon overdubbing and stuff with the... Oh, yep. oh. But but the but the I guess we'll call them the demons, the non-London uh, sure. community gospel choir backup singers are really really pouring a lot into that little background, and you even get a few shots of Rosie Wilson hanging out in the demon chorus. Yeah, that was neat. I noticed that. You'll see her a little bit throughout the night. So the visual uh, for <laughs> for this song is like an assortment of Phase Two art and a bunch of clips from Rocket. Yep. 
and like images from the liner notes with an overlay of film grain on it. This is deadline Jamie at his purest. Yeah, zombies, landfills, trash. You uh, you get Cortez doing the little uh, noises. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also there. Really good. Really good. I do like the little thing in the visual, though, before we move on to the rest of the song. I do like the little thing at the end with the two Grim Reapers yeah. ringing the big bell. I love that. I love that. It's so Terry Gilliam. Yeah, very cool. That that part of it feels like if I could just assign Jamie Hewlett had a vision status to that part and then and then leave the rest of it in the deadline category. Are well, we allowed to section it off? <laughs> here, I think it's a pretty good, the roads meet here for a moment because like... Maybe he did have a deadline. Maybe this is one of the more deadline-ier ones, but it works perfectly. I mean, I can think of no better imagery that I'd rather attach That's to true. a green color world. Color-wise and, and collage-wise, he, he he matches tone fine. He the color is fine. really good. It's kind of got these like burnt oranges and blues, almost like a sickly polluted sky kind of vibe. And I think that again, just like on the album, the the Damon bit at the end, the feels holy, is a, is an early breakout moment for Damon's vocals on this live performance. I think Definitely, it sounds great. It's the first time he really it feels like almost the first time he kind of launches up there yeah definitely definitely and then he stays right up there for the performance of dirty harry one of the better performances of the night in my opinion this is top three top three status on demon days live they for, for kill me. it here like dirty harry's never been like in my top five on demon days or anything but it is absolutely a highlight. This is my favorite version of this song, by the way. This performance of it. I think that the I think that the the live arrangement fills out the beat of the song a little bit better than it does on the on the album. The kids are just so charismatic. The kids are so, so much fun. Good. They like make this performance. Let's let's assign some points here. So wardrobe, we got street clothes, circa two thousand four, whatever. Who cares? Okay, no yeah, points there. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. musicianship. This is like a perfect balance of like you know, messy and right on point when they need to be, you know, like totally. they, they sound like a bunch of kids, but then they also sound like fucking pros when they have to hit their, their marks. That's de they definitely earned that point. And then hype. This is like peak hype. They yeah. got their the dance moves. Yeah. The dance moves. <laughs> so they, got good. The, they start going, Hey, after the first verse. That's yep. so great. Yeah. So much fun. And then what about that one kid who like fucking almost starts voguing? Well, during during Moody Brown's score, he's like he's totally tweaking out on the on the dance floor. He's really good. And they were clearly having a very good time. I love when like every now and then you can just kind of make out like one kid's voice apart from the others, and it's just it's really cute. It's so cute. And two out of three points, well earned, well earned by the Manchester Youth Chorus. Here's the question though. How well were you paying attention to what they were singing? Well, I was paying good attention because I think that conclusively this is the performance of the song that we can say for sure they are singing To Keep Myself From Harm. I was leaning that way too, yeah. Because uh, the sheet music hadn't been corrected yet. That doesn't happen until backstage at the Apollo gig, so we know, we know what their sheet music looked like. It said to keep myself from harm. Assuming they were using the same copies, yeah. Right, yeah. right. Well, I guess that's the only room for the truthers to, to wiggle out of this. <laughs> yeah. But let's go ahead and let's go ahead and say canonically that this, this was not up for discussion. Sure. This okay. was for sure to keep myself from harm. And uh Booty Brown, what do you think of him here? You know what, Booty Brown, I think he's he's not he's not slamming on the gas quite as hard as he is now. Which um, I appreciate. I think this is a pretty it's still a little too much for me he still goes a little too close towards the red but it's definitely not the full-on blaring siren that his verse would become in the phase four shows yeah i agree with you i agree with you so wardrobe wise he's got his unbuttoned white uh button up he's wearing it like cholo style you know with just the first button there and then he's got like a white undershirt 
black dress pants, kind of boring, whatever. Yeah. He's still shouting. He's not quite as shouty as Phase 4. I couldn't quite tell what to do here. I decided he didn't earn the point, but I still want to give him merits for being a little closer to that midline. If anything, he definitely brings the hype. He's leaping all over that for stage. Sure. He's yeah. dancing with the kids. Got to give him that hype point for sure. He is uh, nothing if not enthusiastic, and he's never stopped bringing that energy either, which is very respectable. I also love the demons at, and Damon adding the bump, 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 bump behind the, uh, the the string plucks. This is my favorite thing about the performance. Hearing Damon so go cool. bump, 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 bump. Love that. Apparently, so apparently it's on the album version, but I've never been able to hear it. Is it? It's audible. Yeah, I can't pick that out of the, mat, it's the mix. It's audible in one of the remixes. Maybe it's the Chopper remix. Maybe it's a different remix, but it is there. Interesting. Yeah. That's news to me. But I love it here. It's it's very fun here. So good. The harmonizing with the strings, it's really good. This performance of the song is so much fun. It almost makes you forget about all of those innocent young men and women who died in the Iraq War. <laughs> yeah. Feel good ink, though. <laughs> Great shot of Nana Cher- Cherry cheering for the kids after the song. I, I, I love that, by the way. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So, Maceo, I think he's doing it live. I think he's doing no, the laugh live. No, but he's- definitely not. Is that is that on tape? Like they play it, and you can see him just standing there. Oh, that's a bummer. It's the ex- it's the exact recording from the album. I also thought okay, that was okay. pretty lame. Although they would go on to rectify with the later shows. You know, now he's like yeah. All now up. now he, he they bring him up on stage. That's the way you want to do it, right? Where Damon brings him up on stage. Everybody knows it's coming. He does the la- he does the laugh, and then yeah, there's a huge cheer. Yeah, they really hype it up on that live Damon solo album. Oh yeah, for sure. They went like crazy. I swear to god there's a good two minutes of build up where they're like, you know it's coming. Yeah, definitely. Feel good still not still not guaranteed to be on your, your humans tour show though. They, this one only comes out sometimes. Yeah. And you know, as always, this song falls completely flat for me here. Flat is a good word. I do not like Feel Good Inc. Live whatsoever. It's you know what? It's just everybody's kind of doing their duty. Like, I think it sounds very close to the album version. Which I is... don't think it does. I think it sounds like everything about this sounds off. It's the guitar, again, way too high in the mix. It's not a guitar part that should be that audible, I don't think. The drumming sounds really loose and, like, bad. I don't know, man. I, I don't disagree with you about that. I think that everybody seems to be focusing on performance like hitting all of their marks rather than on doing anything interesting with the song. Yeah. Um, I don't even need them to do anything interesting with it. Just make it sound good. It's feel good. I'm fine if they want to do something interesting with it. But okay, let's talk about De La Soul. Let's talk about De La Soul. All right. True Goy, he's wearing a full camo bodysuit, so he definitely earns that point. He's got he's got his little hat on. Musicianship, I mean, it, you know, again, De La Soul is studio perfect. Yeah. Everybody's hitting every mark. They're pros. Well, well, what do you what do you mean everybody's hitting every mark? Uh, Paz just kind of stands around, doesn't he? Well, he also only does backing on the... He does a couple little ad-libs. On the, on the, yeah. Yeah, that's... that's. This was always True Goy's song, really. What do you, you think know? about his pink polo, though? Uh, it's very late registration, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. It's, it's, it's very... It would have been the time. It's very... 2005, Yeah. This was Pink Polo Kanye season. Kanye had defined what the look of the look of hip hop is. Uh, yeah, I don't know. In retrospect, that was a very much of its time, I guess. Yeah. Hype wise, I don't know. These guys are pros. They do like a little bit of crowd pumping stuff, but I they seem to be much more bombastic on stage now than they were then. Using the pre-recorded laugh, I think, takes this point off the table for me. I couldn't give it to him. Yeah. 
Yeah, two out of three, guys. Sorry. Yeah. You, you could have. We know you're good enough to earn that, to, to be in that three-point club. At least they are now. Yeah, for sure. You're de la fucking soul. You, you could easily just waltz right into the three-point club, but you didn't quite do it. You know, three is the magic number, but it's not how many points you got here. <laughs> good vamping. Thank you. <laughs> the only reason I didn't mention visuals in the last two songs is that uh, on... Feel Good Inc. and on Dirty Harry and on Dare, he just kind of put up a still frame of the uh, the album art without the the actual titles on What's them. What's going on there? Come on, Jamie. I don't know. I mean, like on some of those songs, on Dirty Harry, there's enough happening on stage that you could kind of. But also nowadays, wouldn't they just kind of sync it up to the video if there's a video for the song? That seems to be what they do now, right? I believe they even did that with El Manana at the Apollo shows because I think the video was Weird. kind of semi recently released. And they wanted to showcase it maybe a bit? Yeah, this is before the, the, the Manchester gigs, it, it hadn't come out yet. The Apollo gigs was right after it came out. Had the Dirty Harry video come out? I believe it had. Yes. Okay. Yes, it yeah. had. Speaking of El Manana, though, excellent performance. Maybe in my top three. I really, really do like this uh, this performance. I think the definitive El Manana live performance is still the DDD Dur one for me, because I really love the live vocal back backing the extended outro right that they do on that version of it yeah uh but those strings are the on strings point. take it over the top for me they sound great here so good yeah and the vocal harmonies like you like you kind of just said the vocal harmonies are lovely really pretty i've heard i've heard damon uh do maybe richer vocal performances of this like he maybe sounds a little bit shaky maybe he threw up before this one but Possibly. by the end of it by the end of it, he, he jumps an octave for the maybe in time you'll want to be mine, and he sounds really good. He really, really kills emotional. it at the end there, yeah. So, um, does it have live drums on it? Is that cast doing the drums? Because this song is like has some of the more complex drums on the album, I think. I think I think it's about half okay. cast, and and maybe Darren's doing other things in there. Gotcha. Um, it translate the drums translate really well. I think they do a very impressive job of nailing that. Yeah, to to my ear, there's not really. It doesn't seem like they scaled anything back. It sounds like pretty much what they do on the album percussively. Um, the visual, too, is also very interesting. It's this pencil sketch uh, of this kind of forlorn-looking woman on, on a bicycle uh, in, like, a suburban landscape, kind of. And we get to see it kind of sketched out, not quite in real time, but sped up a little bit. It's still interesting to see Jamie kind of make something out of nothing, though. Yeah, you watch how he kind of works. This is This is the kind of thing with modern technology that i think would be really easy to pull off i bet they were probably have having to come up with some tricks to do this in 2005 were you, know? you were you thinking like uh did it ever pop in your head like is, is jamie backstage doing that live is he is he drawing no. like <laughs> wouldn't that be fun though <laughs> it would be it would be like it'd be it'd be the jamie version of damon not showing up to the the el Manana, uh sessions with the ver with the verses written <laughs> Well, I mean, it, it would also be it would also be a live <laughs> performance by the other half of the band as well. Yeah, that would be cool. I yeah. wouldn't mind that. What if Jamie's backstage doing a big sketch, and at the end he pulls it out, and here's what I did. <laughs> and it's just like a it's just like a crew drawing of a dick or something. But this is definitely this is definitely Jamie with a vision, right? This is this is a, an interesting, unexpected take on this song, and I and I like that it kind of stands out, you know. For sure, and I think it's kind of cooler to have this here than like you know just the Almanyana video. Yeah, cool. I agree. It's 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 a cool choice, an unexpected choice. Yeah. So next is and a then, number that has recently made its way back into the live set, as we talked about earlier. Every planet we reach is, is dead. dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Let's let's get the visual out of the way first. So 
the visual, let me try to explain it. You've got, you start with this spinning dead planet in space, and then you zoom down to the surface and you see Russell's hip hop machine. That and thing, then every, that's cool to see here, right? I know, right? And then every time lightning strikes it, it like clones itself until by the end of the video, the planet's like overrun with them. But it'll, the camera will come down and do like one swoop of the planet. And then you'll get like a shot of the sun coming out from behind the planet from afar. Yeah, almost eclipsed by it. It's repetitive because it just goes through this this loop over and over, but it's very interesting. It's very interesting. It's striking to see the planet covered in those hip-hop machines at the end, I too. agree. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely file this under vision. I, I, I like yep. this visual. It's sort of a hard thing to explain why it works but it does it does fit what's happening somehow and, so, you know? and i, I got i want to put i want to put forth something here i think this performance of uh, every planet we reach is dead is the is simultaneously the best and worst directed sequence in this film explain because you have a lot of cool fades going on right you got like yeah. especially all these like great shots of damon kind of fading into the eclipse planet but then when ike comes out everything falls apart and everything goes downhill like in general i think i'm gonna come out and say it i don't like ike turner being here oh we got we got some interesting things to say here he just looks like a fucking jackass okay like he comes he comes out dressed in his outfit which i don't know how you feel about that we'll talk about it and he mm -hmm. like really like plays to the crowd and he's like hey what's up i'm ike turner and right. then he sits down at this piano they have for him and to do his thing and it's not even that good like he's out of time for a lot of it and not like cool jazzy out of time. It just feels right. like he's not really hitting it. And then he just starts doing these piano rolls, which I think look a lot cooler than they actually are. Right. He sits on the piano at one point to like, okay, fine. I don't know. Just don't really dig what he's doing here. And then he does a big like goodbye where he likes goes to the audience again. And then he just kind of dances off stage. And I'm like, what the fuck was that? The entire time they're doing this too, they're doing some crazy zooms on him playing that really make for some like make this performance almost unintentionally hilarious. Like I was laughing when I watched this. I I'm hearing every every point you checked off, and I gotta tell you, I loved all of Damn. it. Damn, I really liked all of it. I don't know. <laughs> I'll go through it my way. Okay, so sure. his wardrobe. Let's describe it. He's got this kind of. Elvis-style high-collar Vegas performer jacket. Yeah. It's like covered in cherry blossoms and little polka dots. Uh, he's wearing like pleated white linen pants. He's got a fat gold ring on his finger. That is so bonkers that I that I gotta give him a point for it. Like that is crazy. <laughs> In any other context, but like every planet we reach is dead. I mean, this is the dark kind of heart of Demon Days. It comes right at the middle. It's got a big climax and just i don't know this this isn't how i want to see this song which is why i'm really glad that they like are playing it you know ikeless now i think that the that this concert in general a lot of times the dark is swapped out for lightness uh in in this song in dirty harry and dare i feel like the their album performances are are much darker than their live counterparts but the musicianship, yes, I agree. At the beginning, he's he's he sounds arthritic. That's the that's the good way to good way to put it. <laughs> that's the word I came up with. Very clunky, uh, not wrapping around the beat. But again, like I say, points are not deduced; they are earned. In my opinion, by the end of it, when he is fucking a madman and banging on that piano, like that, 
I love how that sounds. I love how it looks. I think that are, that's a point earned, in my opinion. Not to throw out the Halloween Monkeys catchphrase, which I know we make a point of not saying now, but it just doesn't quite get there for me. It doesn't quite get there for you. I feel you. I feel you. Like, And I remembered this. Maybe, maybe it's like, you know, just like being tinted in the past, but like... I remember this being so much cooler than it actually was. I remembered him doing such a better job than I thought he did here, current day. So maybe I was just disappointed. Maybe so. Maybe maybe it doesn't compare favorably from the actual life experience. It could be that. But I, I love the hype. I think he came out, he schmoozed that crowd up. He took his bow before he even started playing. I, I, it was, he like oh, made me feel gross. He did his little finger points. I thought he totally brought the hype. And you may believe now that Ike Turner has just won his way into the three-point club. But what you're forgetting is that uh, being a wife beater subtracts <laughs> three points from your end score. So, unfortunately, sure. Ike Turner has zero points. <laughs> is that why I hate this so much? Like, I, okay, I'm be. fine with him. I'm fine with him playing on the album. Like, he's a great musician. Right. Don't bring this wife beater out and have him schmooze to the audience and like expect me to go yeah ike turner's here yeah like look at him getting his glory right yeah like i saw one i saw one review refer to this as the continuing rehabilitation of ike turner yeah sure if that's what you want to call it like yeah i don't know man i, I feel know. like the 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 eulogy for that man when he died was shockingly muted there wasn't a lot of re- ike turner revisionism in the wake of that dude's death they we all it seemed like as a society we all just kind of agreed to move on yeah uh let's move on speaking of to uh to november has come which is a, a tough one to talk about because i mean let's address the elephant in the room somebody didn't show up tonight yeah yeah he didn't even doom didn't even bother to sign one of his doom bots i know right Isn't what would have been point? better though what would have been better would have would you have rather had a doom bot or this oh, i would have on the much screen? preferred to have spent the rest of my life as a gorillas fan debating over whether or not that was doom can you imagine we'd have entire episodes about that wouldn't we yeah absolutely i would have way preferred it i gotta see seeing him blown up on that big screen was great though and he does turn in a really good and like very full of character performance yeah he's like doing lots of poses yeah. he's got his little jersey on and his, and his mask the glasses on over the mask i love that i kind of wish and i still wish that that like with demon detour they would have a live version of these performances to use when they have to do this just so it still sonically felt different from the album but that being said if you're gonna take one demon days collaborator and blow them up giant on a big screen to it's talk to us like their big brother it's yeah gotta be doom, doom is the one doom's the one you want to do it with right <laughs> Is this was this not a live take? What was he doing here? Was he lip syncing? No, this is he was lip syncing to the album for sure. This was definitely okay. the album take. Yeah, gotcha. I, I mean, like, let's talk about the whether or not Jamie Hewlett deserves any credit here. Like, could he have done something in the black void behind Doom to to lift this visual up a little bit? What what would uh I don't know what do you have in mind? There he doesn't leave a lot of room in that space. You know what I mean? Like Doom really fills it. Let's think about the stage lighting. If I recall, the stage lighting is kind of like purples and little accents of blue and red here and there. Like I wouldn't have minded just like something with that void. You know, just like some landfilly purpleness or something. I don't know what kind of imagery I would touch to November has come. I feel like some like interesting like uh, urban landscapes would have been good maybe. I don't know. I just wondered if I just wondered if if something more could have been done with that. Anyway, not sure whether to assign this a uh, vision or, or deadline because again, Jamie was kind of his arm was sort of twisted. He had to do some version of this, you know. 
And how are we tackling the points uh, Doom gets? I think he gets the wardrobe one. I think he gets a wardrobe point, and, and I'll even I'll even be generous and give him a height point. Um, yeah, I think he's I think he's here for it. He showed up to that studio anyway, intending to do a good job. Yeah, I uh, can't really give him anything on musicianship again because he just he's just lip yeah. singing. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Damon also looks like he's having a blast here, though. And the demons sound really great too. Yep. Some really neat scratching from Darren Galea on the verses too, um, and Morgan Nichols kills it on bass on this song he's a he's a little bit of a secret weapon in places here like he adds some he adds some like cool little parts that aren't on the album i think his his best moment is yet to come but 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 yeah morgan i I, I know i know what you're talking about you know what i'm talking about i know what you're talking about (laughs) (laughs) you know what we're talking about we're talking about all alone (laughs) this is really interesting i think this This is one of the cooler performances of the night because they add those live drums and it almost turns it into what like kind of could pass for a phase one version of all alone i think yeah that's not a bad way of describing it actually it's got kind of a little bit of a dubbier vibe to it cast is holding it down for sure i think cast the reason that this even works is because of what cast is doing i think our boy can't you say that for gorillas as a whole though yeah that's true the entire reason this works is because cast is out there doing his thing <laughs> That's true. Uh, you know, the intro, I think, is it verges on clunky. Certainly not to the level of, like, O Green World's intro. Um, right. But, you know, like like the rest of the song, everything's a little bit more stripped down than it is on the record. Mm-hmm. The the visual is kind of weird. Let me tell you about the visual, Trevor. So I like the visual a lot. You've got this still shot of the Capsule Hotel from Noodle's Ident, right? And from the All Alone uh, page in the booklet, too. And then it zooms through the hallway and then into her capsule like it would on the ident but instead Mm -hmm. like an ouroboros you just end up at the beginning of the hallway again and then eventually during martina topley's uh bird section in behind that capsule is like this distant shot of the windmill island like moving through the clouds way off in the distance i love that i love that very interesting it took me really by surprise the first time it happened the only my only note is I, i i wish that the the hallway motion had been like maybe a little bit more frantic and continuous to kind of match the pace of the song and like maybe even do a little bit of like you know affect the colors a little bit so every time you end up at the beginning of the hallway to be a but i think for like a zero budget solution to the live visuals of the song this is definitely jamie working smarter you know yeah and seriously opening up to the shot of the windmill uh when martina softly birds part hits Really, really nice moment. Kind of very smart. almost breathtaking, yeah. And then let's talk about Roos Manuva because he comes out first. So so his wardrobe is definitely, it has a centerpiece. So he's wearing he's wearing a pleated leather vest uh, with a comically oversized like faux fur hood on it. Right. Uh, and he pops that hood during Martina's verse too. He earned his point with that vest because that vest is bonkers. <laughs> definitely. No, no point I don't think he really gets here. Uh, hi. I'm not really feeling, not really feeling the energy whatsoever from him. Yeah, I agree. He's totally, he's totally flat. I mean, maybe it's a, it's a trade-off between hype and performance because I do think his performance is really strong. It's such a hype performance though. Like on the album, it's like very up. Here he just doesn't bring that same level. Why do you think he doesn't do the Levitikaso Deuteronomize here? I don't know. I'm really disappointed he doesn't. Yeah. But but I I will give him a musicianship point though. I do think that his rapping for live rapping like clearly he was locked into his monitor. The beat in this song is weird, but he raps around it really nicely. Yeah, yeah. It's a tough one. He gets a, he gets his musicianship point. But yeah, I agree. Hype totally falls flat here. He clearly says Return of the Ogre as well. It's not We Turn Up the O God here. Oh, that's a good point. I didn't yeah. make 
make a note of that. That's that's a good point. I should go back and check that out. But I, I'm sure you're right. I'm sure you you're don't. Right. You don't need to because I just told you. You just told me. And then he makes way for Martina to come out and do her bit, her wardrobe. I mean, obviously, there's a point. She wears a massive red kimono, and then her eye, like her eyeshadow, is bright orange, and her face is covered in like these weird white streaks. She's very interesting. Very looking. cool. And then her her voice here is almost a little shaky. Trevor, did you pick up on that? Like, I wonder if she was if she was a little bit nerved out about the size of the house. Like, I wonder how big of crowds Martina is used to playing in front of. She was big. Uh, she was big when trip hop was big, right? Right. But did did were trip hop performances happening in opera houses? I wonder. I can't imagine it being anything <laughs> other than little clubs. No. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But but by the end of it, she she vocalizes really beautiful over that last me and then uh she sings the higher all alones which is a nice touch so i think she i think she just squeaks by with a with a musicianship uh point there even though it starts a little shaky not quite as strong as on the record she gets Um, there i I totally agree with that hype wise i think she tried you know she doesn't have that much to work with like she does a few like little dramatic kind of posing hand gestures. I wish she'd just push that a little further, you know? Does she does does she get points for trying? No, I don't think she gets Ooh. a point. I don't think she quite makes it to the three. Like you know, like what Kate Bush does, for example, live where she does like really weird hand gestures and, and moves her body in that way. I think that could have worked nicely for Martina don't, here. Don't bring up Kate Bush when we talk about gorillas, because that just makes me feel cheated. Physical pain that a <laughs> Gorillas Kate Bush collab has never happened. Yeah, when's that gonna happen? I've never thought about that before, but now that you've like brought up the idea, maybe like a top ten hypothetical collab. I think. Yeah, that I would think be... I think that that fuck Dion Warwick. Why does he keep, why does he keep trying to get Dion Warwick on a Gorillas album? <laughs> I don't know, but who cares about that greatest hits dinosaur? <laughs> Let's get Man. Kate Bush into into the studio. I also love the slightly longer guitar outro here. One of, always been one of my favorite parts of the song. Uh, okay. Top three territory for Dylan. Let's talk about White Light. Surprising, right? You wouldn't have expected it, but like, top three with a bullet. Yeah, White Light is great, Dan. The, first of all, the visual is great. So it's got this like, this strobing, stuttering video of this transient gentleman in a knit cap. He's like drinking out of a tall boy that says White Light on it and careening through the streets and the parks of London. And then like during the angelic chorus section, his head is framed in a halo of white light like he's a Russian icon. It's so good. It's very, so good. Uh, very I- I- iconography going on here. <laughs> Absolutely. It, Jamie with a vision. Do we do we know who this guy is? Somebody does. Somebody does. I forgot I forgot to look at guy, guy from the white light live visuals. Come be on the show. Yeah, let's talk to that dude. I think he's connected to the band somehow. I can't remember who it is, though. But we got to talk about the best part of this song. Morgan Nichols. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> I love his bass, dude. Wait, is Morgan this the bass Nichols line that bass? you were talking about? Yes, it is. It I, definitely I was is. talking about something else. The bass is here. The bass is really cool here, though. So like, good, especially after the chorus. Like, after the angelic chorus happens. like which is Which is my favorite part of the song. Also great. Also great. Uh, much better than on the record. I think that the London Community Gospel Choir is, like nails it to the wall for their first of several performances of the night they on this one burst out here it's like a real moment it's this takes the song to an entirely different level i think like this is the definitive version of white light the the album version does not i don't think hold a candle to this version doesn't even come close it sounds like yeah 
here like i could take white light off of demon days i want it here uh and, and i love that the community gospel choir like pogos through the song that's also badass during the during the punk versions and then like the 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 stage lightings of course are very white but they're like strobing in this really intense way you know yeah just great across <clears throat> across the board great alcohol 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 white light <laughs> alcohol 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 dare so the so the infamous Demon Days Live performances of Dare. Dylan, what did you think of this? Oh my God! Okay, okay. Is there any way to beleaguer the point here? I mean, hot take. This is fine. What? I think it's fine. I think it's totally serviceable. I do not think it's as bad as everybody says it was. It's far from like. John Frusciante stabbing Anthony Kiedis in the back during well, Under yeah. the Bridge live on SNL. Like, honestly, he's just trying to, like, liven up the performance a bit. He doesn't really miss his marks. He just decides that his marks should be at a different time. I don't know about decides. Let's let's talk about control. I mean, the man was definitely deep in the throes of, of substance issues. You don't think he was doing, like, um, you don't think he was doing Happy Mondays shows on the same level? Like, Come on, Sean Ryder knows what he's doing. You can tell. I mean, he, but he's sober he's like, now, and he's totally different live. Yeah, but I mean, you know, if you watch him at the Demon Days Festival, he's 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 trying to do it like the album, and he gets fairly close. I think he was fucked beyond his gourd. I think he's doing as good of a job as he can, and it's not great. I really don't see the problem here. I think he's putting the it's dares in different places so the audience can just say them. I think the argument, the only argument I can give in his favor is that it's memorable. It's definitely memorable. I feel bad for Rosie. I, I don't. She clearly doesn't. They've got like a pretty good rapport on stage. I mean, she's clearly like, I really don't think that it's what everybody's saying it is. Okay, so. Like, uh, it doesn't feel like anybody else on stage feels like they're being fucked over. Maybe Damon does. I mean, Damon specifically made him start over one night because he was so angry at the performance. So, for sure, Damon's not happy about what's happening. I mean, that's just Damon, though. Didn't they start Sex Murder Party over again four times the other night? I remember seeing that on, like, Setlist FM. Yeah, but, I mean, it was a thing with Sean Ryder. He made him come back out on stage. Like, Damon was not I think he was probably making a bigger deal out of it than it actually deserved. I think it's a decent performance. Sean Ryder is wearing a black denim jacket. He's got a graphic tee of some kind of planet. He's got black jeans and black sunglasses. I bet he thought he looked cool, but actually he doesn't look great. Can we talk about those sunglasses? Because they are clearly designed to be looked to look like he's wearing them upside down, right? And also probably to hide whatever state his pupils and irises were in at the time. Yeah, yeah, probably. (laughs) I can't give him anything for musicianship, man. I think it's terrible. I do think it's just, I think it's awful. All right, so no musicianship, no wardrobe. What about hype? I can give him that hype point. I got to give him the hype point. You got to give him the hype point. He's leaning into it as hard as he can. You got to give him the hype point. First of all, let's not forget he's in Manchester. This is his city. Hometown hero. You know that those those Manch Vegas fuckheads must have been so excited to see their yeah. to see their boy on stage. And I mean, in whatever state he is, whatever is coursing through his veins during that performance, he certainly has enough showman in him left to play hard to that crowd. So point well earned. Point well earned for Sean Ryder on the hype level. I definitely prefer this to Ike Turner, I gotta say. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I guess I'm glad that this is this performance because it's such an interesting moment in Gorilla's history. I prefer what he did at Demon Days significantly over this. Oh, Manchester, so much to answer for. There's a really great shot of the cello player during one of Sean's bit 
where she like looks over at him, gives him some serious side eye, and makes a real like yikes face. I really don't think it's that bad. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where you come where you're getting that, man. I think it's a I think it's absolutely a train wreck. Whatever. Maybe maybe just because it's been so blown up by the fan community, I was expecting worse. I think he's a ghoul. Let's talk about Rose's Gabor though, slash okay. Rosie Wilson. She handles herself very well. Very well. Okay, so wardrobe you can't blame her for because she she didn't have time to quick change out of her like neutral demons clothing. So she's got her little graphic tee in her jeans or whatever. But but musicianship wise, I mean, this is probably the most studio perfect singing of the night, right? Like Yeah, she definitely nails her part from like a technical standpoint for sure. Sounds great. And hype wise, she's terrific. Like she there's times when she draws the eye away from Sean Ryder with her with her dancing, and that's like that is a feat. You and I may not agree about Sean Ryder's performance, but we can agree that it's hard to look away. <laughs> yeah, I'll meet you there. <laughs> Dare Live is fun. I don't know. I don't know how much the chorus joining in on those "Never Did No Harms" helps things. But then again, I guess that's that's kind of what the humans do now, right? It's yeah. Like layer layer album vocals with chorus vocals, and no complaints there. And I do like getting to hear Damon yell the "It's there." That's fun. Yeah. Yeah. And the outro has like a little bass bit that that isn't quite as accented on the album version, which I I like too. That's cool. That's my favorite Morgan Nichols moment. Oh yeah, that is cool. I do like yeah. that. No 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 argument. Morgan Nichols has a lot of highlight moments on this this show for sure. Yeah, glad glad he ended up uh, making his way into the live band for sure. And somebody else is about to have a highlight and his name is Jamie Hewlett. Right, because the fire coming out of the monkey's head visuals probably the best of the night, right? Probably the best of the project, right? Yeah, like he, I, I wouldn't yeah, I could definitely see yeah, up there for yeah, definitely. So, you can go look these up on YouTube if for some reason you've never done that. Go watch the fire coming out live visuals because it's this like storybook fully illustrated retelling of of Dennis Hopper's story. All of the choices are really interesting. The mountain called Monkey looks very interesting. The happy folk are very interesting. The strange folk are very interesting. Everything I, I about want it. so bad a like strange folk stuffed animal. Like I cannot tell you how much I love these little demon guys. I mean, I want like I would love like a kid robot vinyl of like all of the things. That'd be this, fantastic. You know? I would love that. That'd be really great. The live performance of this song is what it is. They had some. They had some cool little embellishments. I really like the little kind of tinkly synth they add and these strings during the second verse are fantastic and then they bring out the the community gospel choir for this song it's not just the demons now the 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 full gospel choir is on stage and the conductor is on stage too and at first i was like why is he conducting them on this song and then i realized it's because he's got to be on stage for the next two songs yeah you know? yeah so. i i almost like the kind of more uh the more discreet vocals on the album version though just damon doing that kind of humming the gospel choir here feels a little over the top to me. I, I get in a live setting why you would bulk it up. Like, just because without Dennis being there, there's maybe a little bit less happening on stage in the song. Definitely. And I get why they would want to bring out the orchestra for this song, too, because it's kind of start kickstarts that, like, three-song finale sequence, and it almost makes this one feel more of a part of those later two, despite not having, like, a direct connection. Like the way yeah, Don't Go Lost in Heaven fades into Demon Days. I agree with that. And and Damon's vocals are, are really, really delicate and, and beautiful, I think, too, on both of his parts in this. All that being said, nobody's really paying that close attention to what's happening on stage. Like this is a this is Jamie's moment to shine for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God, I, I can't stop thinking about a Ben Mendelssohn version of this song live. Like, <laughs> That'd be I, so sick. There's, there's nothing I want more. Like just give him the basic <laughs> concept, tell him to go for it, and just have him do it. Yeah. Like 
Ah, girls, girls' dream performances. That'd be so great when they do the humans. What do we call it? The humans hideaway when they when they come on the show to do their their session version. We'll demand it. We'll Absolutely, demand it. for sure. Yeah, definitely. Let's briefly talk about "Don't Get Lost in Heaven" because there's not that much that happens here. Um, it's a really cool little version, though. I love those kind of interstellar ray gun sounds they add. That would that later come in on Demon Days as well. Those really sound great here. I think on the record. There's a little bit of that texture before the instrumentation drops out, but it's much, much more pronounced here. Yeah. The visual is kind of a nothing. The visual is just like sort of oddly cropped phase two artwork that crossfades, but it's over so quick that you barely even notice. Still, though, let's go ahead and call this Deadline Jamie just for completeness sake. Nothing huge happens here, but it's an interesting take on the material. It's really good. The, The guitar sounds great. But then, rounding out my top three is this stunning performance of demon days i love this performance of demon days dude awesome finale to the main set they really kill it with this one oh it is so stirring it is so stirring yeah Uh, i mean first of all i'll just start right now jamie's art i love this cathedral stained glass window of gorillas art this is maybe the best piece of artwork of the project i think it definitely feels like the definitive gorillas piece and i love that they're they're still putting this up when they perform Demon Days Live on these uh, on the current tour, right? Yes, and good. I'm glad. Good, I love yes, how it slowly reveals itself too. Like you're not sure what you're looking at first, and then like slowly but surely the scope of this thing gets revealed. I do think the one thing that could have made this better is if like for just this moment they took advantage of like all of the light panels as well. And somehow managed to get the stained glass window up like really big behind them. I think that would have been really cool. That would have been really cool. They did do a real, they did do a bigger projection of it. I think during the phase three shows, just because they had more space to work with, and they yeah, yeah, it yeah. really translated well there. It's just such a kind of like I hate to throw this word around, but epic. And it's a, and it's a perfect example of like seeing what's inside of Jamie Hewlett's head that goes along with the music. Like this yep. is. This is visionary Jamie at its purest, for sure. The performance, man. Okay, so Damon nails his verse, his, his falsetto verse. Like, the wear on his voice from a full night of performing just, like, tees him up perfectly mm-hmm. to sound beaten down and broken for broken, that. Broken, yeah, that. very fragmented. I love so it. So good, so good. And then I think Rose's, Rosie Wilson, I believe, is doing the, the oohs. The ooh. Oh, cool. I'm pretty sure that's her as the demons, not not in the community gospel choir. But you mean the part that sounds like the guitar from uh, "Don't Go Lost in Heaven"? That's her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, cool. Oh, when Cass kicks in with those drums, mm-hmm. our boy. Good lord, this is just ah, oh, it's breathtaking. The London Demon the Days London really is such a good song too, isn't it? I love that song. It's top three on the album for me. I it's love that. I love that after this big stylistic departure. They, like, bring it back to reggae at the end. Yes, yes. Because that's really what this song is. It's got a reggae beat. It's got the guitar. Like, I love that they go back to their roots, like, after they finally make through this dark night of, like, but in a very, kind of... But in a very Campbellian way, they go back to their roots, but then they also demonstrate all the things that they've learned in the meantime, you know? Hero's fucking it's, journey, baby. Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and treat the London Community Gospel Choir as, a, as an official collaborator for this song because I think that they turn into a real collaborator's performance here. Um, so the wardrobe, I mean, street clothes. Everybody everybody kind of stuck to a red, white, blue, and black motif, which is nice uh, mm-hmm. to match the lighting. That's a nice touch, but it's not. it doesn't earn a point. Uh, however, performance-wise, stirring. Killing. Stirring. So good. 
such a point earned. And I would even give them the hype. I mean, they are a fucking gospel choir, so they're 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 definitely doing what you would want them to do behind a, a charismatic reverend or whatever. Yeah, you know? I mean, you could tell they're they're thrilled to be here. It's not just them like doing a gig. Yeah, this, it's not just a paycheck. Everybody seems to be really excited about the material and yeah. uh, and really cool for them to be there for the back third of this performance. It makes them feel very by this point like they've really earned their place on that stage, you know? Mm-hmm. So beautiful. And then <laughs> afterwards, we get that random shot of the puppets trying right, throwing, to <laughs> throwing popcorn at people and like uh, doing the little like cheer now don't thing. I love that. Like imagine if you were just watching this documentary and didn't know that there were puppets. <laughs> then at this point, you're like, what's the what? What's, what's the the puppets? <laughs> it's they didn't. Inc- I thought it was interesting. They didn't include their like uh, opening monologue. Or was that I think like it's a, on, was that a I think it's on the DVD elsewhere, yeah, yeah, along with yeah. The, along with the visuals only version of it. But yeah, you, they almost could have put it at the beginning of the documentary. But I guess I'm kind of glad they don't, just so that like you get that kind of tone setting intro as the first thing you hear, you know? Right, instead of like you know a Daffy Duck cartoon too. Yeah. <laughs> We, we didn't mention that. They show a Daffy Duck cartoon before all the performances. It's Robin Hood Daffy, which is a great little Looney Tune. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a classic Chuck Jones yeah. uh, Daffy short. That, that My dad actually has a still from that uh, cartoon on his fridge. Like oh, great. So, yeah, it was cool seeing that. And then, uh, and then we move into the encore. Right. We uh, got Hong Kong. So the visual here, we've got a, a kind of like in white light, you've got that stuttering uh, video effect of like a a very color-washed drive through the streets of Hong Kong at night. Um, a lot of those neon lights that make Damon either calm or come, depending think, on uh, how you hear that. I think calm in this performance is what I was hearing. Okay, it was very hard for me. They really, this was, I think, almost more ambiguous than ever. The visual, I would just imagine, imagine the Tomorrow Comes Today video in China without still frames of the band, and you're, you're pretty much picturing it. Really fitting, though. I like it a lot. And I love the burnt orange colors they use here, too. Yeah, again... Uh, and also the golds from the lighting are, are really lovely too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And here's where Damon finally steps out of the uh, silhouettes and performs well, let's give, this one front and center. Let's give let's give Zhang Zhen her moment in the in the okay, first okay. before we talk about what Damon's doing here. So uh, Zhang Zhen is playing the zither, the Chinese zither on this track. I don't think it's the same person as on the record, Trevor. I believe that this is a different Chinese zither player than on the album. I assume nobody was going to call them on that. Probably not. Uh, but but she's wearing a, a kind of a nice you know satiny gold dress. She's got a pink rose on it. And, uh, Something that looks some, like you would wear while playing this kind of instrument. Definitely, she has some like sparkling silver pyramid shaped earrings. It's modest. It's, I'll give her a point for it. I think it's nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, musicianship, though, that instrument looks very difficult to play. Yeah. <laughs> oh looks, my gosh. That looks like a very hard thing to do well, and she is nailing it. Like that to me sounds pretty much album perfect. Uh, After the song was over, I kept expecting her to just pick it up and haul it off stage with her <laughs> on her back. Yeah. <laughs> but no, they get some stage hands to take it off for her. That was very nice. Definitely earns that musicianship point. Can't give her a height point, but then I can't imagine that this is an out. This is the kind of instrument where you can Ike Turner it. You know, like you can give me, give me slamming your ass down on the zither. Although now I'd like to see somebody try. She could have done a little more schmoozing, though. I think we could both agree with that, right? Yeah, she could have done. She could have done. If there's, a little bit if more. there's a song you want to schmooze your way through, it's Hong Kong. It's Hong Kong, right? <laughs> Two out of three points, though. Welcome to the two point club. Um, okay, okay. Here's where the man himself comes out into the into this the spotlight. This is the moment. This is the moment where we finally where we finally get to see who's behind this project. The big reveal. 
Nobody, nobody knew up until this point, Dylan. <laughs> this was the official moment. Everybody just thought that cartoon characters were real. Yeah, well, there then. was a little. There were some. There were some rumors. Maybe it's maybe it's Tom York. Maybe it's uh, Noel <laughs> Gallagher. Somebody big in the British music scene. But I think when when he finally stepped out into those lights, I, there was there was definitely a little bit of shock, huh? <laughs> Damon Auburn from Blur, the song two guy. That look he gives the crowd when he first walks into the light is very sweet. He looks right. like he definitely feels the emotional weight of the moment. You know, it's full of gratitude. That's the perfect word for it. You can mm-hmm. you can just feel the warmth and the love. You know, I mean, he's what what can I say about the wardrobe? He's wearing what he needed to to remain in silhouette. He's wearing all black, uh, like stagehand. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but the musicianship. I think this is a really lovely performance of of Hong Kong. Actually, like. He's croaking a little from the wear of the night and slipping in and out of his falsetto. It, it, it feels like almost more like a 2D performance to me than than the studio version of this. Almost. I love almost, that. Yeah, I like that a lot. Almost kind of like veering towards Phase 3 2D. Yeah, I, I, very interesting. And, and and he does some ni- nice, like neat little clapping, too. I, think I he love earns his, those. Yeah. He do, he earns his musicianship point here, I think. It's not just a... It's not just oh, a, are, you counting, are you counting Damon as a collaborator here? Is he now being put to the test? <laughs> Yes, he is. Okay. <laughs> I've been starting in points. Great. He got in the spotlight. That means he gets he gets run through my rigorous point process. Sure. <laughs> Hype-wise, I, I'm going to go ahead and give him a hype point, too. Like, I love how he he walks over to the live band. He walks over to the string section. Uh, love he, it. He walks love over it. to the, the, the demons and the London Community Gospel Choir. He makes sure everybody gets a cheer. And then he and then he leans into the microphone and he mouths, thank you all. So nice. So nice. These so were, nice. This was such a little nice night at this, like, so so good. Just this little thing, you know? Demon Even Day's though live, we have two more phases of, of gorillas after it, this still feels like a culmination of it, sorts. It could, have been, it could have been a goodbye, and I would have felt perfectly fine with that. It would have been a would have been more. very satisfying for sure. Definitely going out on a high note. I just, I love that we have this, Dylan. Me too. Me too. I, and what a what a great curtain call for the album of Demon Days too. I know we've talked about that before, but not only a literal curtain call where Damon invites you to clap for all the different parts of the live band, but just thematically of, yep. of like a, a, it's the perfect music for everybody to take their bow to after playing this record. You know, such a, such a good introducing a band song. We got one more track after this though. If that was the curtain call. Then, then the the in memory of after the credits roll moment comes for for Ibrahim Ferrer with uh, with this performance of Latin Simone. Boy, this instrumental arrangement fucking jams in my opinion. I so love good. this instrumental so arrangement. Good. It feels a lot heavier. It feels a lot more rhythmic. You got Damon Definitely. doing his thing on the melodica, which is Damon really is killer. wailing on that melodica. Yeah, this he is goes like, all this is out primo here. playing. He's yeah. going crazy. Yeah, love and, it, love it. And then you got that Carrie Levy footage of uh, Ibrahim Ferrer just turning in that performance in the studio back in 2001 yeah i mean it's there you couldn't have done anything else you know no. this is this is what needed to be on the screen it was a treasure that they had this footage uh we talked a lot about it in bananas it's just such a little intimate piece of filmmaking and dylan we talked to the guy who shot that footage yes we have. He was on our podcast i couldn't stop saying that to myself when i was watching that i was like hey <laughs> hey i talked to that guy we talked to that dude. We he told to us guy. about being in that room with that dude. <laughs> the demons, by the way, doing the live backing vocals are really good. They're they're yep. lifting up Ibrahim's performance kind of perfectly. And know? this song has I've always loved the backing vocals in this song too. And again, we've talked about this on the show before too. But for, of any phase one song to kind of I feel like tonally fit in with the proceedings, this was the one. You know, 
Yep. And I mean, I'm so glad they didn't like do what they easily could have done, like pull out Clint Eastwood at the end or something like that. It would have been so easy to do. It would have been so so easy, but it would have been so wrong. And I'm glad they knew that. I mean, really, considering they were in Manchester itself, they really should have pulled out the Ed Case version and had (laughs) it. Imagine. Just Sweetie Irie getting up on stage. <laughs> People standing and cheering. <laughs> well, now that we figured out the worst possible way we could have ended that night, do you want to end the show? Yeah, well, I just want to really quickly say that uh, then, then over the credits, we just see like some people hugging, patting each other on the back. We see gear being lugged off stage, and then it ends. Do you remember, Trevor? It ends with this like ominous slow motion, grainy black and white shot of like this demon day's flag slowly blowing in the wind with this little demon on it. It's very interesting. It's a very I don't know weird... if I sat through the credits to get there. It's very weird. You should go back and look at that. Like it, I'll have to go it, check that out. Yeah. It feels ominous, and there's, like, tape hiss behind it. It's very weird. It's very oh. weird. Not quite like uh, Nick Fury showing up and recruiting gorillas <laughs> for uh, the Avengers. <laughs> no, no. I suppose it's the equivalent. That's the question, Trevor. Do you think eventually, out of desperation, the way that, like, Cousin Oliver was added to the Brady Bunch, will they add a fifth gorilla to try to mix things up? They, they need to bring back that monkey. Oh, the one with the bongo who plays yes. the bongo. Yeah, they need to bring him back. Or maybe they'll bring him in for the TV show as a kind of poochie character. <laughs> <laughs> Why aren't we in, in the Gorilla's Brain tr- Trust? We need to be making these decisions. They're looking for, apparently they're looking for someone to pass the project on to. Guys. Come on, come guys. On. <laughs> come on. Oh, so ends, so ends a, a memorable trip down memory lane through Demon Days Live, a great documentary, available on YouTube if you don't own the DVD, go watch it on YouTube. Uh, yeah, so Dylan, do you want to do you want to tell people where they can find Howley Monkeys other than their podcasting apps? You know I do, you can check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, Amino, you can leave us a review on iTunes, you can join our Discord at discord.me slash monkeys with a z or if you're feeling generous you can uh, help support the cost of our servers and keeping the show uh free to you by going to patreon.com slash hallelujah monkeys thank you as always to our patrons who help uh, keep the show afloat we sure do appreciate you yes thank you so much thanks for joining us for another episode um be sure to come back next week when we talk about, I believe we're going to be going into the Demon Detour and the Plastic Beach Live sessions. Yeah, right, Dylan? Lot, there's plenty to talk about there, so I'm excited to, to get into that with you, too. I'm excited, too, so uh, we'll just sign off. I'm Trevor Ickraft. I'm Dylan Flynn. And until next week, don't get lost in heaven. Demo. Demo.